Galnet News Digest, 9th of February 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, don't get carried away. Minor confusion as Rider revises. Putting your best foot forward. Don't get carried away. Pilots Federation has issued an emergency bulletin relating to the indentured miners scheme we reported on last week. The so-called kidnapping scheme is reported to be operating the HR6828 system and it targets commanders who have been recently issued with their Pilots Federation license. The way it works is this. Fleet carrier owners of evil intent are believed to befriend new commanders and tell them they can work together to become rich. They apparently encourage the commanders to kit their ship out for mining and dock aboard their fleet carrier, which then jumps off to a remote system with the docked mining ships on board, where the new commanders are set to work mining hotspots to sell to the fleet carrier at a price well below the galactic average. Because the new commander's mining build has a limited jump range, they are marooned and at the mercy of the fleet carrier owner. All commanders, new and old, are being advised to exercise caution if hailed and encouraged to equip their ship for mining. They are also advised to be extremely cautious before docking on a fleet carrier whose owner is unknown or whom they have only just met. Fleet carriers can jump a lot further than even the best equipped ships, and being marooned in a distant star system really isn't as much fun as it sounds. Minor confusion as Ryder revises. Commanders have been complaining about a distinct lack of clarity from Liz Ryder over her Kickstarter campaign for improved missile racks. In a hurried post made on the Pilots' Federation forum but not available in the information provided in Commander's cockpits or in starports, Commander Paul Crowther, a spokesperson for Liz Ryder, changed the rules of engagement in two important ways that are extremely likely to cause significant discontent in the ranks. For one thing, it turns out that Ryder only wants mined commodities not exactly the same staff if it's been bought from somewhere like a fleet carrier. This is presumably because she wants the equivalent to fresh dew-covered flowers cut freshly from the icy or metallic ring garden. Not ones picked up hurriedly at the fleet carrier convenience store, it's just not the same. However, this has caused problems for some fleet carrier owners who were completely unaware of the option to transfer cargo to and from their fleet carriers using the right-hand cockpit panel, and who have been routinely storing cargo by selling it to themselves. Because if they sell the goods they just mined to themselves, it is no longer counted as mined by Liz Ryder. Not because it wasn't mined, but because Ryder just says so, and she makes the rules, right? Let's take a hypothetical example. Let's say a commander called Rincewind Kumri. This is a purely imaginary name and nothing to do with any real commander. Just imagine that they spent two days mining 756 tonnes of ore. For Liz Ryder. Every now and again he'd take what he'd mined back to his fleet carrier, and because he knew no better, sold it to the fleet carrier. When he had enough ore, he jumped over to Eurobia, bought the ore back from his own fleet carrier, flew it into the starport and sold it. And got no credit or acknowledgement from Liz Ryder, whatever. The putative commander, Rincewind Kumri, was hypothetically 
a bit pissed off, to use his own imaginary words. There's another thing too, though. The already published rules state that if the campaign is successful, the high-capacity ultra-lightweight missile rack can be unlocked for purchase from human technology brokers by taking them a selection of engineering materials in the normal way, but with a special discount to make it easier to unlock for the first two weeks. You can then go on to buy the unlocked module at your convenience, whenever you wish. Well, Commander Crowther explained that in fact it'll all work, in his words, differently to how you may expect. When you go to a human technology broker to get one of these lightweight, high-capacity missile racks, you won't need to unlock it, but neither can you buy it just with credits. You'll need to buy each copy of the missile rack using the sorts of resource you might use to engineer a module, namely protolite alloys, conductive ceramics, hybrid capacitors, phosphorus and osmium. This is because this is a very special engineered module, not the commoner garden muck you normally get at a human technology broker, and Liz Ryder still needs the materials used to do the engineering. There will be steep discounts on the amount of materials needed in the first two weeks, so if you want one, make sure you're in the queue on the 12th of February with all the engineering materials you need plus the osmium. Who thought it would be a good idea to require osmium? And in entirely unrelated news, Fleet Admiral Lucas Vincent has been found guilty of trying to assassinate President Halsey and has been sentenced to life imprisonment, while accomplice and CEO of Core Dynamics, Jupiter Rochester, has fled the Federation and set up shop in the permit-locked HIP 54530 system, along with loyal Core Dynamics employees as the Jupiter Division. Rochester has apparently started calling himself Supreme Executive Rochester and plans to prove in due course that corporate governance is the best sort of governance. He's likely to start launching electric roadsters into space on rockets next. Putting your best foot forward. Continuing their efforts to make sure commanders throughout the galaxy know what to expect when they're issued with their getting out and walking about permits in May, the Pilots Federation has issued a frequently asked questions guide to claiming your first footfall. Here's what they said. Question. Will I be able to disembark on every planet I land on? You can get out your ships and SRV and explore the galaxy on foot, but you can only do this if you can actually survive on the planet you parked up on. If it's a 10G planet, you couldn't get up and walk about, even if you wanted to, because you'd weigh the best part of a ton. If the temperature's high enough to reduce you to a small charred pile of soot the moment you open the airlock hatch, then no, you will not be able to get up and walk about. Is first footfall available to be claimed for every planet? What year do you think this is? We've been exploring the galaxy for more than 1,300 years. If you turn up at a planet that has humans already living in planetary outposts and settlements on the surface and try to claim you're the first person to ever set foot there, you are going to be laughed off the planet. Planets and moons in occupied systems and some bodies of historical interest can safely be assumed to have already been 
first footed. We'll be able to land on planets with thin atmospheres for the first time. How many more planets will that be? There will be billions of new landable planets, roughly 20% more than the billions you can already land on. If I don't start walking about on planets as soon as I can buy a permit, will I still be able to experience first footfall? What about commanders with the PS and Xbox flight control systems? There are 400 billion star systems in the galaxy. Commanders have arrived, however briefly, in 201 million of these systems. It'll be a few tens of thousands of years before we start running out of planets waiting to be discovered. How quickly will we see our first footfall award? As soon as you step on the planet, you can see your first footfall accolade on the system map, alongside the names of the commanders who first discovered and landed on the planet. Is there a limit to the number of places I can get first footfall on in an hour? Yeah, the number of planets you can get your feet on is limited by the physical constraints of the universe. Can first footfall achievements be disputed? If commanders claim to have walked on a planet, but were only pretending, then they may be asked to give back their award. If I change my name, will the first footfall change with it? No. The first footfall is an historical record, and it will be recorded with your name as it was at the time of first footfall, Commander Fart Banana. What happens if two people disembark first? at the same time. In the same way that Buzz Aldrin made way for Neil Armstrong to be the first man on the moon, there will always be one person who was first down the ladder. The first footfall accolade will not be shared. What happens if I die on foot? And that's the end of this week's Ask Me Anything. Come back next week for more grippingly inconclusive answers. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We make footprints so you can't claim first footfall.